Welcome to Self-Compassionate Professor, a career wellness podcast for mid-career and recovering academics who want more. More meaning, balance, rest, joy, and more clarity. Our motto here is no regrets. So glad you're here. Hello, hello. Welcome. This is episode 166, and I'm Danielle Delamar. So I got to say, I did this interview with Dr. Genevieve Taylor, and I had a hard time deciding what the title of this interview should be because she drops so much wisdom. She talks about how there's no one right way to do your academic career. Like you have so much more agency than you believe you do. And I'll also be fair and point out that she also talks about how lucky she is based on the opportunities she is offered at her university to sort of create the kind of career she wants. Um, But that doesn't mean that you just get that career if you, if those sort of systemic foundations are in place, right? You still have to do the inner work so that you can discern what is right for you. So anyway, I ended up calling this episode a mindful academic career. Um, it felt like it captured everything we talked about. And I was just so struck by Genevieve's attention to her own career wellness. You know, what she's tried, what she's learned, what she's discerned, the gifts along the way. So before we start the interview, I just want to say that if you are on a career wellness journey or you are beginning one, you should come to my free workshop series. It is May 23rd, May 24th, May 25th. It's one hour each day. Each session begins at noon Eastern. And the first session on Tuesday, May 23rd, we talk about digesting the emotions that came up for you over the academic year. The following day, Wednesday, May 24th, We talk about resting, we talk about trusting rest, and then Thursday, May 25th, we talk about creating a vision for a different way of doing your career, something that is founded on your own unique path, your values, your craft, whatever that is for you. So you're invited to this workshop series. I'd love to have you. Bring your friends, bring your colleagues. My intention is to really focus you on your career wellness journey, right? So that you have some clarity when you walk away from those three days of workshopping with me and everyone else that's there, of course. So just go to selfcompassionateprofessor.com, click on career wellness workshops, and you can sign up there. And now I am going to introduce you to Dr. Genevieve Taylor. Here she is now. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining our conversation today. I'm really excited to be talking to Dr. Genevieve Taylor, a professor of career counseling 
at the University of Quebec in Montreal and associate professor, I guess I should say. Genevieve, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. It is my pleasure. I have to say that um, I had said something on the podcast like, if you have stayed in academia and you have made it work for yourself, let me know. And you let me know. And so I guess that's one of the biggest reasons I'm super excited to talk to you because I don't get enough faculty on the podcast who are like staying in academia, <laughs> right? And, and this is a career wellness podcast, not an Alt-Ac <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so it's really important to me to have people like you here to talk <laughs> about it. And um, I know we've had these conversations about like, um, like wellness and balance and boundaries and all the stuff. Um, and so I want to jump into all of that. And I'm really excited about all of that. But um, before we do that, how are you? How's it going? I know we had you had COVID. And then we didn't get to do the podcast interview for a few weeks. And so how are you? I'm, I'm much better now. Thank you. Uh, I was a bit worried in January when I got COVID. We were all ready to to do the podcast. I was all excited because I think um, what happened was you, I think that podcast that you taught when you asked if anybody had stayed in academia and made it work, that was probably, I think, before Christmas or 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 early January. I don't remember. And I was in kind of a very festive mood. And <laughs> I had been listening to your podcast for a, a while and I, I, I heard uh, I heard about it from my sister, who's also uh, in academia, and she's like, "Oh, you should really listen to this. It's really good." And so I did. I started, and um, and and when you talked about uh, about people, you know, trying to make it work, I thought, "Oh yeah, actually, that's what I've been trying and still trying to do." And I think I'm sort of becoming successful at it. We'll see. And uh, I thought it would be really an interesting exercise to to talk about that because I've I've never really done any kind of interview like this. I've done tons of interviews about you know my expertise and what I know, what I can talk about, and the research and everything, but not nothing um, personal like this. So I thought that would be um, that would be really fun. Feels a bit more vulnerable, but um, also uh, it also feels quite exciting because it's new and different, and so. Okay, so I this is what I'm sort of most struck by. This is something we were talking about just before we hit record. Mm -hmm. And it was um, that when you were working on the PhD, you said your focus was on saying yes to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you got into the tenure track job, your focus has become more about saying no to many more things. Um, and that's sort of been your wellness, one of your wellness practices. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about that. How, how mm -hmm. did that work? When did you start to see yourself you know, starting mm -hmm. to say no more often. And I know you said it started to become more natural at some point. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear the story. Yeah. As you said, like during my PhD, I was saying yes to everything, mostly because I get really excited about projects and ideas and and people working with other people on different and different things. And I think I had a hard time projecting myself in the future to to really think about okay do well do this is great this sounds really fun and interesting but do I have the resources to do this do I have the time um do I have the energy for this is this gonna you know take over on my other other things that I'm working on right now 
like I started and I, I am still a motivation researcher who, uh, and right now I'm more focused on, you know, career goal processes and, and ways that, 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 that can be facilitated. Um, but at heart, I'm, I'm in, I started working on intrinsic motivation. And so when, and I know that when you find things fun and interesting and you're passionate about it, you're, you know, you just, you have more energy, you can achieve your goals more easily, et cetera. So I, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, like I'll, I'll, I'll manage. And I wasn't managing mm-hmm. and it was starting to get way too much. Um, and, and the other part of that is that I'm also, um, right now I'm a recovering people pleaser, but at that point I think I was still a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so it was very difficult for me to say no as well. Um, and I, I think sometimes I probably had this inner voice being like, okay, well, I think, you know, you have so many other things, like maybe you shouldn't take this on, but I wasn't really listening to it. And, um, I think when I first really started, uh, listening to that was, uh, during my postdoc, um, or at the, well, rather at the end of my PhD, I started getting interested in mindfulness and, um, mindfulness practices and and first it was more because I actually have a background in clinical psychology so that's what my PhD was in and I was interested in it for my you know from a therapeutic point of view I was like oh this is so great for clients and I wasn't really thinking about myself and Mm -hmm. and the more I learned about it the more I was like oh yeah that's kind of very relevant for me if not more than for my clients um and so I I thought, okay, well, I'm going to look for, um, I'm going to try to work, like to use this in my work. So I, I, I called a guy I'd done my PhD with who had started a mindfulness clinic here in Montreal. And I asked him if I could uh, join his team or at least, you know, take on a few clients uh, a week during my postdoc so that I would also have a balance of not just doing research all day, but also seeing people because <laughs> I was pretty much alone in a, in a office with my data. So, so yeah, so, so, so I started doing that and for, you know, in order to use mindfulness in my practice, I wanted to, I, you, you need, you need to do it for yourself, right? You need to really be immersed in it. So I did a mindfulness-based stress reduction uh, program. And uh, it, that's kind of where I started taking a break to stop and just be there and listen to my, well, mostly myself, uh, listening to what's happening in my body as well. I've, I've had uh, some chronic conditions in my life and they had really, everything had flared up a lot during my postdoc. And I think that was kind of a, uh, well, it was a sign that I kind of needed to change something or needed to, to look into this. It was always coming up at moments of stress, of course. That's when it always happens. And I I had been told by my PhD super uh, advisor was very, very wise. It's like, don't I know you get excited about everything, but don't don't get into all these projects because you eventually you just you can't take it and then you're going to have to pull out and it's uh, and you can. But that's it's always, you know, it's more difficult. I don't you don't want to get into so many things that you're going to crash and burn. Um, of course, I said, yes, yes. But rationally, I knew that. But I think I was starting to um, understand that more on a like on a more emotional level, I think, at that point. And um, 
Yeah, so I started, you know, I, I, I didn't get on every article that my uh, postdoc uh, supervisor was asking or was offering to me because uh, I needed to focus also on finding a job. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if uh, if if uh, it's like that in the U.S. I think it, I guess it depends on which area. But my a lot of postdocs here are one year, and that's not very long. <laughs> I mean, you 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 jump in, you have to kind of you know start analyzing data, trying to write articles to get to improve your CV, and then at the same time you're sort of job hunting, right? Because you're going to leave in not even a year. That was pretty stressful. And I'm trying to understand the timeline here. Um, Not that there is a timeline because I know this stuff is way more complex than that, but just to kind of ground myself a little bit. So at, so at some point you're hitting this wall and you're hitting the wall during your postdoc. And that's when you're also starting to look into mindfulness practices and starting to be sort of transformed by them a bit. Mm-hmm. A, okay. Yeah, a little, but it, that was really like a little seed. It was just like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is going to be, this is important. And then I got, then I, <laughs> um, I, interviewed for well I don't know maybe six or seven positions before I got the one I'm I'm at now and what's interesting is it's this mindfulness experience that got me the job I think mm. um, I'm not sure 100% but I, I got to my university and the, my colleagues had started work like doing research on this and they needed someone because they wanted to create a research group and this is where I think it's at the beginning of my of my job where I was like, okay, well now I need to, you know, I need to get tenure, right? So yes, I need to say no to a lot of things. People are telling, like the dean had told me in, in a meeting we had, she was like, you know, academia is not, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So you have to conserve your energy. And I thought, okay, okay. I, and it always stuck with me, but somehow I was you know, worried about all the other stuff, like, okay, well, people need to think that I'm a team player. Um, I don't, I don't know who's going to be on the tenure committee. Um, I, I still need to, I need to do things. And this, these two colleagues of mine who were working on mindfulness, were trying to build a research group. So we were, you know, they were asking me, do you want, do you want to take on this student? And do you want to, why don't you join us, join us on this article and this other one? And let's, you know, let's write a team grant together. And I was like, oh yeah, that's great. That's great. So it kind of got away from seed of wisdom that I think I had, um, I had found during my postdoc and I kind of got uh, swept up into in the the tsunami of like uh, you know beginning of career as an assistant professor it's kind of ironic because it was you know to work on how mindfulness can help you with your career goals <laughs> right that's exactly what i was thinking okay <laughs> and um it's it's so interesting right we always say research is like me search that's so mm-hmm. so evident <laughs> like evidently uh, laid out here in my in my story uh, it's i'm noticing it right now it's funny and so so yeah and as i was doing that i was also like giving workshops on mindfulness i got into i even got into um Working with a, a professor at the University of Virginia um, who does 
training pro- like she she created a training program for teachers in uh, mostly elementary schools uh and it's called care so cultivating awareness and resilience in education and it's a great program and i got i i started working with her and we we even gave a training in france but i think i was once again like taking on too much I was getting overworked um and i had lost sight of saying of, of this you know trying to say no um, aspect and I because I was just not I, I was just probably not I think I had this uh, you know this belief that you have you have to do all these things because if not you know first of all you won't get tenure and also well this is what a good professor does like this is how you become successful you need to have like if you don't get this particular grant well you're kind of a failure <laughs> I got away from that a lot, but it still pops up sometimes. Um, it's like, oh, you haven't gotten this grant. Everyone else gets it. What you know? What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, okay. So I have to yeah. say, I mean, I know you've already sort of mentioned this, but I'm just thinking about like the, this sort of self-pressure and like you said, the tsunami of early career. And I'm thinking about like, you're doing the the care program and workshops on mindfulness yeah. and research on mindfulness and you're surrounded by colleagues who are who are find mindfulness to be really important and they're interested in it and i'm i guess i'm wondering what that was like was the mindfulness was it something that was just sort of compartmentalized like it's over here it's not in my experience right now or did you have these moments where you really felt it and you sort of you know Mm -hmm. grounded yourself in it or like what was your relationship like with mindfulness when you kind of were there but kind of not mm-hmm uh well it was both uh it was like I had yeah I had moments it was mostly when I was teaching so like giving workshops about it because I was also you know in that in that workshop giving so when you know when you're leading and you do this too I guess like you know when you're leading meditations and stuff you're also doing it at the same time and so I felt very every time I did that I was like oh yeah like I have to this is this is so important to kind of take a break, reconnect to yourself. Like I feel so alive and I feel very much more connected to people. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, always so amazed by that. Every time I came out of one of these uh, workshops um, and then it was like, oh, now I have to go back to, you know, all this, all this writing and all these, all these projects. Okay. So it was like the island. It was like the... Bit. It was the oasis, <laughs> and then, and then bit, everything. Yeah. It was like integrating the mindfulness. So, at what point did you start integrating the mindfulness and start hearing the the yeah. inner voice, or not hearing it, but listening it, to it? Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, it started when after I had my son. So, um, I had a son in, in two thousand at the end of two thousand seventeen, and um, and then I was on maternity leave. So. Um, I had a lot of, well, not at the beginning, but near the end, I had a, much more time to think and to realize that I, well, okay. So first of all, I just have to give a bit of context. In in Quebec here, we, we get uh, one year of uh, maternity leave or parental leave, if you want. You can also kind of arrange it with your spouse or partner. Um, so I was really, really lucky. Uh, 
that we could do that and that my husband was with me for part of that. And I think that helped a lot. I was still connecting with my, you know, because you can't really totally abandon your PhD students for a year. So I was sort of still connecting with them. And but I was really only doing the things that I thought were important. Um, and as, like also essential to, you know, to to for them. Like, yeah, I, I also didn't want to start getting um, overwhelmed, like and start working while I'm not supposed to be working. I'm I'm lucky also enough to to be working with my husband. So we actually um he's he's also a psychology he's a psychology professor um at the same university and we have a, a we supervise a lot of students in common. We have a lot of students in common. We we sometimes have lab meetings together and um we did this thing where we kind of I really wanted to to be you know make sure that I was there to stay in the loop a little bit for some of my students I really needed to do that and so um, I asked them if they could come to our place so we had a lab meeting in our you know our living room um, (laughs) with my son crawling around on the floor beside and after that meeting it was about an hour I was really tired but I was so happy and I felt so energized while at the same time feeling tired (laughs) and just because I wasn't sleeping and and all that but it just made me see that oh okay so I had been having doubts about like how am I ever in hell going to do this to come back to being I can't go back to how I was before because I now have this little creature that I need to take care of and I want to be there I don't you know I don't want to and I want to be there for to have dinner with him I want to be able to play a little bit and spend some time with my son I don't want to see him five minutes a day and it started shifting everything that I ever you know my my whole outlook on my career and what how much space is work going to take now and at first I was just panicked I was like how am I gonna fit everything in this is impossible and then I I had this lab meeting and I thought okay well I I, I like this because you know, this this maternity leave kind of made me think, well, am I am I gonna be able to continue in this career? Can I do can can I be um can I be in academia? Because I I don't think I have enough energy for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I didn't what I, I realize now and what I've changed is that well it doesn't need to be like it like you know exhausting and and a and a and a recipe for burnout and I, I don't I don't need to be running all the time, um, running after this grant and this other grant and so on. I don't have to do it in that way. And I can do it in a different way. And I was lucky enough that I already I already had tenure. I just I got tenure right before um well, a few maybe six months before having my son. I'm not sure. I don't remember the timeline exactly, but um and and I know that I'm very lucky that at my university, you, you, you're, there are different ways, you know, if you're thinking about later about a promotion or something, there are different ways of doing that. So you can decide to put more focus on teaching than on research, or, or you can put more focus on service and do less teaching and research as long as you do kind of the what's expected, the minimum, let's say. Um, so, and, and there are a lot of different ways to organize this. And, and, um, 
so I started thinking about that and, uh, and I thought, okay, well, I need to start noticing where, what's, what's, what, what, what I like, what is interesting? What do I really like to do? What lights me up and what, what do I just hate? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, what, what drives me to, to feeling burnt out? One of those things is grant writing. So I came back and I was like, okay, well, first of all, now I, it's, a, it's a question of survival. Like I, I can't, I'm, I can't stay until six or seven to finish something because, well, my son eats at five. So <laughs> I, you know, um, I need, I need to, to, to really dial back the hours. And so then I have way less hours. And so I can't be wasting time, wasting in, in, in quotes, uh, time on things that are, that make me unhappy that are annoying. I mean, they're always annoying parts of our job, but, but, um, we have so much flexibility in choosing what we do. Um, like maybe I don't have to be on all the committees I was on, you know, maybe I don't have to take a, one PhD student every year. I can focus on the ones I have now because I really like, I really like working with them. And I, I, I like working very closely with my students. And maybe I don't need to write a grant every time the debt, you know, a, de a new deadline comes up for, for something because of that can't do all the projects that I had planned because, well, I'm going to have less money, but, mm -hmm. um, um, and we don't get that much money, uh, here in, even the big grants are not that big in social sciences in Canada, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to have to say, say no to a lot of these things. I have a, I also have a colleague who, who's very prolific. And uh, we've been working together for a long time. So she's always, she's like, oh, here, I have an article. Uh, do you want to be a co-author? And, oh, let's do this team grant. And, oh, it, it won't be, you know, um, it's not going to be that much work. It's in, And she was right. But every time you say yes to something, it adds up. And uh, so I started saying no um, to these different things. And it was always really difficult for me. And I was like, okay, but I have to. It's a, once again, a question of survival. I, I have to. And then during the pandemic is when I think it started coming more naturally. Um, during the pandemic, <laughs> this is funny. I was in um, like two weeks before the lockdown, which for here started mid-March or so in 2020. Just like a few, few weeks before that, I was in Paris giving this care workshop with my colleague um, to teachers. And we had the the greatest time giving this workshop and this once again was this my bubble where I could be really grounded and and uh, connected to myself and I had um, decided that in the morning to prepare for for the training I would do some you know some at first I wanted to do some yoga in my in my hotel room and I discovered these videos um, and it was uh, qigong and um, and qigong is kind of Uh, I would call it, it's like a mind-body practice that comes from China. A lot of people um, uh, think about Tai Chi, um, but there are really other, a lot of other forms of Qigong. And it, it's, I would call it maybe like it's like a Chinese yoga with meditation. Um, and the whole idea behind Qigong is really to be embodied and to be mindful of all of your movements and what's happening inside But also, it's also very, um, a lot of the exercises are sort of like metaphors about, you know, 
creating boundaries. And I found this video where you literally have an exercise where you stretch out your arms and you're like setting boundaries mm. around yourself, like physically. And it sort of reminds me of um, Kristen Neff, who also talks about that this yang aspect of self-compassion where you're mm -hmm. like, no, you, you know, you say you're going to protect yourself. Basically, you're saying no to things that that don't don't suit you or don't um are not good for you um and she has this movement at some point whenever i don't remember where uh, i because i did a course with her on mindful schools and it was you just put your hands out in front of you and you go no <laughs> and it really i i never and this was just like it's also a stretching exercise right like you can feel your arm stretch so i was like okay yeah. this is really cool like it but as i was doing this and I've graduated to doing this almost every day since the the beginning of the pandemic. And it has somehow helped me be more grounded and more and naturally say things like, oh, no, I can't, you know, I can't do this. Thank you for thinking of me, whatever. And without even overthinking it and wondering, you know, oh, what's this person going to think? Um, oh, should I have done it? I don't know. I would just, it came out naturally. And I was one, I was like, wow. Okay. And you really are attributing much of it to, to this Qigong sort of work. Yeah. Well, yeah, yes. This and the fact that I was also doing this self-compassion workshop and trying to practice the mostly just trying to be self-compassionate with myself when, when things are not going well. Um, and I, it felt, if it, it feels it felt fake at first, right? I'm like, okay, you're feeling, you know, and you're really, you're really not feeling well right now. It's really difficult. Like this kind of self-compassion pause where you talk to yourself a little bit in the moment and you, you, uh, you remind yourself that everyone is suffering or everyone suffers the same way that you are suffering right now, maybe in different ways or in different, but we all suffer. We all have difficult times. And, and then to just, you know, talk to myself as I would a friend. And I was doing that, and but it 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 felt a bit fake or a bit pushed. And at at some point, com with this combined with uh, the these qigong exercises and just feeling much more grounded, well, that first of all gave me the motivation to keep doing it. And I had I've never stuck with something so consistently in my life. And so naturally, like, it's kind of like when I, now it's more like if I don't do it, I feel like something's wrong. Like I didn't, I, I, I'm, I'm more agitated. I'm like, I, you know, when you don't, it's like when you, you forget to brush your teeth and you feel like your teeth are a bit, they feel like you have, they're wearing sweaters. Like it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. It was, it, it's, it was a little bit like that. And so how often are you doing it? So now I try, um, I have it in my calendar and that's an important one because now that there's no more pandemic. Um, so, so during the pandemic, you know, I took a lot of time to do this and I also got, um, I, I, I get eczema easily. So I, and I, at some point in the pandemic, I had a lot, so I was doing it also for that and it really helped. Um, and then, you know, the, it, everything came, started coming back to normal and we had, we decided to move, uh, to a bigger house that was a bit further out uh, of the city as a lot of people have done. And, uh, you know, I was getting more and more things to do and a bit more stress and, and, um, 
And so I tried to still do it like I, I, every day, I, I would say, just depends. Like sometimes it's like five minutes, you know, it's, I, I've noticed that the days where I miss it, I would have, I would have benefited from those five minutes, even though I have no time because I had all these grandiose plans of like, oh, I'm going to wake up earlier and, and, you know, take a, um, maybe half an hour before everyone else in my house wakes up. So I have some quiet and, and it sets me up for the day. And I did that a couple of times. And after that, I was like, no, no, I think I need to sleep. And, and so I need to do it. I need to try to fit it in my day. And uh, I often will fit it in like I'll do, you know, I'll meditate on the train as I'm going to, uh, to work or like while I'm waiting for the metro or there's so many things you can do in those little pause or transition times. I think that's a, that's a way that I've, I, I managed to put it in and it really always brings me back. Like it, it helps to bring me back. And when I was doing the, I, I don't know why, but when I had, I, I was uh, doing like the mindfulness programs or just self-compassion, I didn't have this, uh, these reminder. I don't know. I, I always, I would just forget about it, you know, and, um, and, and it helps when you kind of can come back to it. And, and so I think this Qigong was just a way of like bringing me back to, to doing this. It's just another, it's, it's just the same. It's the same, right. It's just, you're feeling your body <laughs> and, and you're, you know, focusing on your center of gravity in under your belly button that's kind of a, everyone everyone talks about that in the in the mindfulness space and just in a different way but for some reason this this whole system resonated with me and brought me back to you know kind of where i had started but i'm really it's really kind of a more ingrained in me now and i've relaxed so I'm wondering if like the meditating on the train mm-hmm. piece, if that is like inspired, if that's Qigong in, inspired, or um, if that's, you know, just a little meditation, just a little mindfulness practice on the train. And then Qigong is when you're like standing up and you're putting your arms out or mm-hmm. whatever. Like I, that's, that's what I'm curious in my mind. Like what is sort of the, the distinction or is there a distinction at this point for you and in, in the way you're practicing mindfulness and qigong well because they kind of go together you can't do qigong without being mindful sure so uh yeah no they they, they go together it's like uh it's uh it's interesting because i have a i have a teacher that um right now who's I'm, I'm doing a lot of these workshops online and and one of my teachers is like you know uh Anything that you do, even if it doesn't come from the Qigong system, but that allows you to be more mindful and be more present with yourself and with others is in a way is Qigong. It's just like any, any practice that you have. And because basically the Qigong means um, cultivating your cultivating and your energy. Um, and so you can do that in so many ways, but the ultimate way is, is for them is to cultivate mindfulness. And so whatever way you find to do that, you're, you're doing that, you're doing it. Um, okay. And I guess my more basic question is just about, is just about like, do you do that, the thing, the, the actual like boundary setting thing with your arms every day? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. I do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I do, but it, it. But what's interesting with and it's difficult to explain this here, and I'm also really not an expert. But the the the, the way well, what's interesting with qigong is that um, 
body and mind are non, you can't dissociate them and, uh, and heart and mind in different, in certain contexts have the same, it's the same word. Uh, and so it's like, you know, body, heart, mind all together. And so if you're basically stretching out your arms in this way will also is also apparently uh, related to kind of um it it, it it stretches your heart <laughs> like it kind of mm. it's related to your heart directly and that's kind of interesting because well uh you it's just good for your heart health which is you know where you would where self-compassion will mm. come from when we talk about it so i just find uh i find this uh so interesting and it, it stretches when you do this it kind of stretches meridians that in acupuncture are related to the lungs and uh, the heart um, and makes them more open and um and i'm thinking of Brene brown talking about the most boundary people are the most compassionate people like uh-huh. that's what's coming to mind when you say all of yeah this. yeah so you are literally <laughs> stretching sort of that place in your body the heart but then that's also creating this space for more compassion not just for yourself but for other people yeah well and I've noticed that with my son like I was just at first I was just like I'm I I, you know when depending on which age but you know the age of tantrums where you're like oh my god what is happening (laughs) And, and I don't I don't I don't want to be I was so, so, you know, you get impatient and then it's, I started kind of turning and sometimes into the screaming mother I would never want to have. Um, and I thought, okay. And I was, so I was like, oh my God, searching for, for ways to be with my son so that I could be more compassionate with him and so on. And I was, it felt, it, I was always like, okay, I'm going to learn these strategies and I'm going to focus on saying it this way and being like this. And I, I hadn't really thought of, or I, I was forgetting that if I if I become like that with myself, it will come out naturally with him, um, and with just with others in my life. And um, I've started. I was I was following this psychologist. I don't know if you know her. Her name is Dr. Becky Kennedy. She has a she started this Instagram Instagram account. I think during the pandemic uh, called Good Inside. And now she has this huge, uh, it's like a parenting platform. It's basically like Netflix for parenting, but there's also a community of parents that you kind of, so when you get a membership for this, you get all these videos and so on. And, and the, you get into this community with, uh, of other parents and you can share stories and, and, and her big focus is that everyone is good inside and that for, to be like a, the parent you want to be, it's the most important thing is to kind of, in quotes, reparent or parent yourself and everything else will be much easier to do or to come out once you're, if, because if you're not like that with yourself, you can't be like that with others. Mm. Gosh, I love this that, so much. Yeah, yes. Was, Cause then you just sink into it and, and you create the boundaries you need to create and you say the things you need to say and you show up for yourself in the way you need to show up. And it, it all kind of, just flows as opposed to I have to yes. focus and concentrate and do A, B, yes. and C. Yes, the flowing and the ease is is that's what I've like started feeling now. It's like I don't have to don't have to force it all the time. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm so I'm so goal directed. I'm committed. I'm. It's it's more like 
because that that's how I can I can be sometimes it's like oh okay you don't have to like clench you know (laughs) relax it a little bit um and and things kind of start falling into place and it's it's funny because ever since I started deciding okay well I'm taking you know I'm not going to apply for uh I haven't applied for a grant for well I don't remember a year or two. Um, I, I, maybe I didn't, you know, I don't have as many, I'm not going to take as many students as I would have wanted. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no to a lot of things. I've started saying no to all the projects I had in the school, like in the school settings and so on. I'm kind of refocusing much more on, on career development and maybe more with adults, I would say. And, and, and ever since I started doing that, all these things have kind of, happened so you know I, I presented at a at a conference with a student of mine and two um a book editor came to see us out of nowhere and was like would you like to write a book about mm. this and I was like what I have ne- I had never thought about well I actually no I had thought that you know at the end of my career as a wise uh perhaps a more accomplished professor I might write something and I always thought that could be a fun project but not now and she she kind of asked us if we would be interesting and interested and i thought okay well maybe yeah that that could be something and let's see and uh, and and um i don't know and then what else uh, you know i got i got a student who was interested in um in self compassion and careers and i started thinking about it much more in terms of how it is for us for me um and i don't know it just it's becoming much more I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here, but um may I say what I hear? Yes, please. What I'm thinking is um it's like you've got all of these things that are just sort of coming naturally to you. Um the sort of I don't have to do it the same way I always have. It doesn't have to be exhausting. And when you have that, um then suddenly, you know, you're, you're noticing that you're signing up for fewer committees and you're, you know, not taking on new PhD students and you're not, um, you're not signing up for grants all the time at every deadline. And you're just doing this because that's what feels right. And, um, and I'm going back to the conversation we've had before about, and then sort of just letting things that need to come through, come through and um, clearing a path for those things to come through. That's kind of how I'm hearing it. And so the book, it's like you had cleared a path for the book to show up and then it did. I don't, tell me where I'm wrong. How does that land? No, yeah, actually, yes, I think, I think so. But, but, but what, and, and it just, it, it's just funny because now I'm thinking about people listening to us and thinking, oh, well, how, like, oh, so everything's so natural and it just comes like this. And it, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's, I still have, <laughs> I still have a lot of difficulties and I'm working on this all the time. Like I've been procrastinating writing on my book for like the past two weeks, but yeah, it, it I think, I think that's, that's pretty much it. If, if I look at it over the long, you know, the long run, it doesn't feel like that necessarily on the everyday but when I take time to pause and, and reflect back and see, you know, the, the progression and, and your questions and your, the, this podcast has kind of helped me to really think about it in this way. Um, yeah, it's, it's, 
creating some space yeah for things mm. to to happen or to not to happen but to um and i think also not just for things to to it to happen or to come along but also to see those things so there's you know like for example i'm i'm having <laughs> having a bit of a problem right now where i have a i have a internal grant that um I didn't know, I was told um, a few weeks ago that it's expiring in a month. And I was like, oh, well, that's okay. So what do I do with this now? Because I, I I was supposed to do a project, I had students lined up and now they can't do it anymore. And then I, I got COVID and, then, you know, things got pushed back and um, I didn't know what to do. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just let it sit for a few days because I, I don't, you know, I don't have time to think about it this right now, but it's, I know it's happening and then yesterday I had a meeting with a student of mine, an undergraduate student who's very good in one of my classes. I've had her before. We have very um, small groups and small cohorts. So we get to know our undergrads very well. Um, and um, I, she was talking to me and she said, well, I, I, I think I want to do a master's and, you know, I'd be interested in working with you. And I thought, oh, okay. And I asked her what she was interested in and, and kind of everything fits very well. And I know she's very good. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe she could take on this project or at least I could pay her now and she could do the work later. That way we can clear the grant and everything's fine. And, and I don't know if I would have seen that, like that, like made that link or, or you know, seen her in that. I, I think that the, the creating space and just... Uh, making time every day to just sit and or or move but in a mindful way where I'm not doing anything else I'm just here like the the past is over there and the future is over here and god knows that I I that that's difficult to do but it's I try to practice that and when you when I do that I feel like it, I often feel like ugh I don't have time for this like I have so many things to do I'm really busy but every single time that I that I take the time to do it. Well, and I think you were saying this in a podcast recently, you, you, you just work more efficiently. It's just you, you and you see or you get ideas that you would never have gotten if you were still stuck in that sort of fight or flight, like, oh my God, I need to do this. I need to do that mode. Because you're not triggered and you have all, and, and you have this sense of spaciousness. And so the opportunities, you actually see them. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have the insights because you've created space for them to come through. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the way you're talking about this. Yeah. You're more creative, right? Because you, mm -hmm. you kind of, I was like, oh, well, she's interested in this. Maybe I can fit her in here and then I can pair her with this other student who's also working on this and I would I don't think I would have had this this these these creative ideas if I hadn't if I didn't take the time to stop and like it, it's it's actually scandalous how how many hours uh of like I don't I don't think I want to say how many hours I'm working every week because it's way less than I think mm -hmm. well than I used to to work and um but luckily we have um we have a union in my university for professors and we're supposedly in quotes working 35 hours a week in our in our contract but i have a feeling sometimes i might even do less than that but i do so like I, when i i think i'm managing to do so much more with those hours yeah 
Yep. Uh, 100%. And I don't even think anybody should be working more than 20 hours a week. Like I really don't think a healthy person should be. No. Well, I, I, I'm glad you're saying that because I always feel, and that's where I think it's really important to talk to, like to have, you know, other not well mentors yes but other good just talking to your colleagues about this stuff because we're so isolated yeah i i often think that academia is like a bunch of little it's like a bunch of entre, like entrepreneurs who work one beside the other you know your 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 company being like your lab and your research group and so on and you're kind of you're kind of on an island between you all beside each other but you don't really talk so you don't have time and you don't have that much to do with each other unless you work together on a research project of some sort or team teaching or I don't know. And and so you you kind of lose sight of how everyone else is doing. But I, I see people with bags under their eyes, like up to their chins and, you know, having with two or three kids and only have one. I don't know how people have more. <laughs> but um, it, it, and, and, and yeah, it shouldn't be that like we shouldn't have to be exhausted all the time mm-hmm. and and it's yeah it was just not why like why <laughs> why why yeah and i i don't want to be in a meeting with people who are exhausted like no. what's the point like yeah what what's going to come out of this nobody's in a Nothing. creative place the the meetings are longer yeah. Uh, because we're just unfocused and uh-huh. you know, this kind of there's it, sometimes there are a lot of meetings that are just being held for nothing that could have been an email. Um, <laughs> um, and that's why I sometimes end up not, not going to my departmental meetings, which is mm. because I, we're, I'm in a, I'm in a department where like, you know, 95% of the stuff is not relevant to me uh, because most of the professors who are with me are education professors will like teach, you know, future teachers. And I, I don't. <laughs> and so yeah. our, my, my, my interest or not my interest, but my focus is so different that, um, yeah, I'm starting to, you know, I have, I'm, I'm losing this guilt, this guilt that I often had of just of saying no, or, uh, uh, of not doing something is it's still, I still have it on some days, but it's not as I can see it from much more further away. <laughs> I've I've um I've I've also started doing therapy for myself, which helps immensely uh, in disentangling all this and talking about stuff. And I think that has helped a lot too. And um, through my 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 therapist, is not an IFS uh, intern uh, internal family systems therapist, she's not. But I've heard about this uh, this uh, therapy approach, and I love it because it's kind of it's it's about just embracing everything that you are. Yeah, I love IFS too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome everything. Yes. yes. And it's like, yes, you can have the guilt and you can, you don't have to push it away or, or right. it, it, it's, it's there, but you, it doesn't, it doesn't also doesn't mean, and it, it, there's a reason for that, that may, if it pops up a lot, you know, there's probably, it's probably trying to, pr- you know, protect you from some feeling of not being good enough or, or something else or some, you know, they talk about like childhood uh, mini traumas that you've had or that you've not dealt with. But it's also, um, it's also okay to just, you can have the guilt and just do it anyway. So, and and it's it's a a little bit like a practice. So like, I feel like if if you, you can try to tolerate that guilt, because you know, it's just happening because 
because of your own conditionings and so on, and because you're doing something new, your body's like, wait, what? What are you doing? Um, it kind of helps. I think it helps to to eventually. I'm it, I'm I'm seeing that I'm getting a distance from from the guilt, or it's not as it's like, oh look, it's guilt again. Like it's it's just not as. Yeah. Hi. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you're part of me. And you you've done some good things. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. You've done good things, and and I'm I I see what you're trying to do, but um. I got it. I got it from yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, I really like this idea of I'm the leader. Like I'm, I'm the leader of myself. Like I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm doing it. And I have this. I love this, um, this metaphor from Dr. Becky. Uh, this, uh, this psychologist was telling you about earlier, who says, you know, you can be this like the sturdy leader. It's like being a, a the the pilot in the plane. And you can have like all the people in the back like freaking out that there's turbulence and and crying and screaming and you you can you can you know acknowledge that and be like I know how you feel like it's it's okay to be scared it's okay but I got this like I'm here I'm the pilot um and I feel like it's uh that that's uh it's a, also a really helpful way uh of dealing with these moments where where yeah. it's more difficult you know yeah you've yeah. got the children externally that that you parent yeah. but then you also parent all those little parts that are that are screaming and scared yeah. and all this stuff yeah that are like yeah. your own little internal kids yeah right really, yeah You're holding really like that yeah yeah and and i feel like um one of the things that's coming up for me as i hear you talk is trusting yourself um and that's something like that's yeah. emerged for you and I think like all those and what we I guess know is that all those little parts that that are scared and are sort of pushing you and doing all the things that that feel sort of sabotage mm -hmm. um, when when you sort of listen to them and nurture them and tell them it's okay I've got this um, they start to trust you and then you do have the self-trust I just wanted to really emphasize that like surrendering yeah letting yeah. everybody in yeah. um hearing sort of your inner wisdom like all of that is um is a process of trust and and you have to you have to take a leap of faith in order to get to the trust <laughs> yeah 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 because yeah. you can practice it over and over and over again and it doesn't come easily, right? It's it's not mm -hmm. like it's a oh poof, I'm trusting, yay! Like yes, no, yes. you have to you have to go through the negative and all the ugh, like, <laughs> all the like you know highly self critical thoughts or like like imposter thoughts. Like I was listening at the post the the the, the, the recent podcast you just put up with the doctor uh, who was it Doctor Reed, right? The, the uh, who wrote, yeah. Um, yeah. You're not a fraud. Like it was just, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they're, 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 it's not a, it's not a, it's not weird. You just, you might have those imposter thoughts. Okay. They're there. Um, and they're, they're, there's, they're going to pop up and they're pretty harsh and they're pretty, sometimes they're pretty, often they're very believable. Um, and I don't know where I would be right now if I had not discovered all all these uh these practices of just you know 
observing and mm. being here and looking at it and coming back to yourself and 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 qigong and therapy and i think it's all these little pieces one after the other and 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 trusting and that's that's something you have to start little by little i don't think it's something that just kind of comes and you build little tiny habits like slowly but surely um you know it's like i was telling my students that you, you, we, we i was talking about gratitude in one of my classes and there's um the research shows that if you just you know you think about three things that you're grateful for every day you're going to live seven years longer <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't feel like that every day you just you just you know you do that and you could think about this ending or of like or this great oh yeah you feel grateful and so on but no it's like a tiny habit that you can do every day and then once you're doing that then it's like okay well it gets kind of integrated into your routine and you can ha add a lot another tiny little thing and then a little you know a little meditation practice okay and then you kind of add a little oh look a little bit of sprinkle of self-compassion in there and then every every day and then i i think this like um this uh i was always really impatient i still mm -hmm. am oh my god i'm Me like yeah i'm not <laughs> i'm like i'm still you know i'm still still i'm still super i'm still quite tired from having covid in january and having to deal with you know getting getting over that and trying to get my head out of the water in terms of all the emails I had missed and all the stuff that's going on at the beginning of a semester. And I get, I get impatient with myself and then I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Okay. But it's, 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 it's a little bit, little by little every day. And I, I can, when I stop and I see where I've come, like uh, how, how far I've come now I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm still, much better like last year I had long COVID I couldn't really take like I could take a five minute walk and then I was exhausted and now well I can I can I can go skiing with my son I'm still super exhausted after but I can do that so like okay it gets you know and it's the same for um for my career like I, I I'm still working on making sure I don't take too much on, not getting too excited about stuff. Like when I get too excited, I kind of pause and I decide to not answer right away so that I can. Yes. Come that back is and... so key. Yeah. Mm. That's good. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, you, we, we, we're in this, like, I'm, I'm in this business because I just find it fun. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I was, I'm like a, you know, we're, well, we're all scientists as when we, as kids, right? We, we try, we try things. We like try to see if you drop an egg, what happens? Like you're, you just hypothesis testing all the time. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then um, I, I'm still like, like, obviously I'm, I, I love research. So I'm still like that. Um, and, uh, so I get really excited about a lot of things and it's like, uh, it's like the the little puppy who kind of runs everywhere. You have to kind of bring it back because it doesn't realize <laughs> what's what it's doing. Uh, I I yeah I, I like too many things, so I really have to come back and be like, okay, so what's you know what's more important right now? Um, I got really excited about a project that I've been asked to be on, and I was thinking, no wait, I'm struggling to write my book right now. This looks so fun and so interesting, but am I am is it 
is it more am i just like what am i doing am i am i am i maybe avoiding the book and just trying to like get on the next exciting thing and not you know taking enough time to stay on it um mm. what a great make, question yeah i have to make sure i'm not because i was like am i getting am i addicted to starting new things hmm <laughs> perhaps <laughs> I, i'm <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, and I look at a lot of things I've been doing and I'm like, hmm, I think that's, that's where I need to focus on right now. It's like completing things, <laughs> finishing, <laughs> like staying with it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I want to know, cause I know we are um, over time, but I want to know if there's anything you want to make sure you say in the end, um, I so appreciate the conversation and all of the wisdom you've imparted. Thank you so, so much. Oh, well, thank you. I Final thought. I think what's really, uh, well, I don't know if it's for everyone, but what's really been important to me and in my decision to, to say, okay, I'm going to stay in academia, but I'm going to do it in a way that suits me. I'm going to design this job and I have the, like, I'm lucky enough that I can design this job for me. Um, it's, it's just that the, I've just realized there's not one right way to do your career in academia and it will, and, and it's important to really connect yourself um, to be able to find out what that way is for you. But make sure that you take the time to really or, or, or that you schedule it in and because that takes work and discipline to actually like make sure you come back to yourself because then you can just get swept away again by everything else that's going on in your life. So I think that's that's one thing is like really taking the time and scheduling in this time to connect to yourself. It feels like you're wasting time. But you're actually saving time in the end. And I have to remind myself of that every day. Um, and also that you need like the working in a balanced way is it's a balance is like when, you know, when you're in a balance beam, you constantly need to recalibrate and kind of come back to center because you might make a micro movement on one side and then whoop, you have to bring it back to the other side. And I really think that, um, that's also key that you, you know, you can't think, I always thought I need to find my balance and then I'm good. Um, and I'm realizing now that you, it's just, it's a constant, it's just checking in to be like, okay, is this like exact, is this where I want it to be? Do I need to, you know, shift a little bit more to the right, take, take, take on something else to the left to, to come back where, where that balance is and that balance looks different at any stage of life. So everything you just said is, um, so it so rings true and I can feel it in my body and it settles so nicely there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to ask about um, how people can reach you should they want to. I, I have, uh, I could maybe give you the link to my, uh, my, my university page um, and my email. Um, I don't really do. I, I also have a LinkedIn profile. I'm not that active on social media, I have to say, because that's one of the things that keeps me in balance. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hear um, that. <laughs> uh, and so, um, so maybe we could send you those links and you could uh, put them in the, I don't know, the show notes or. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. All right. 
Genevieve, it was so nice talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, that was really great. Thank you so much. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, our, con- our conversation. Thanks for listening to Self-Compassionate Professor. Email me at danielle at selfcompassionateprofessor.com. And for those of you who are committed to finding career wellness, I invite you to join the sabbatical program. We're a group of academics who normalize rest, play, and feeling whole. We make career decisions from that place. Find out more at selfcompassionateprofessor.com.